The Fan-Controlled Football League is a new professional football league where teams no longer have a front office. Instead, fans control all the decisions, from drafting players to hiring coaches, calling plays. Your path to domination is just an app away. Guys, make sure you visit the website fcfl.io to learn more. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy, you rockin' with the best. NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow. The conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming Eat Nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy, football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be. Joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Welcome to Eat Sleep Fantasy. My name is Armando, and I'm actually the host, surprisingly, my first time ever. Uh, Austin is down with the flu, and joining me today is Steve, babyface Steve. What's up, man? What's going on, Armando? Glad to have you back in the States, man. Ah, thanks for having me. And we also have, well, I guess we have two baby faces, John and Steve. They both have these soft, <laughs> luscious, like red cheeks. I love it. I appreciate that, man. I uh, I shave once a week, and uh, today was that day. So it's it's a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna hit puberty one day. It's gonna happen, just not yet. Man, once a week? Shit, I hit my five o'clock shadow by like ten o'clock in the morning. And I use like I a know, twelve dollar electric razor I bought four years ago, and it's like perfect. Um, yeah, it just doesn't happen, man. I don't know what it is. I'm digging it. How old are you, man? 35 years young. And that's how smooth your skin is? No, right? I- I'm digging it, man. You're going to be good looking 40 year old. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Dude, he must he must wax his face or something. I'm uh, for real. I've never shaved my sideburns in my life. Like nothing grows from like ear to like chin. I just have like pubic hair on my face. Ooh. Like if it grows out, it just looks like pubes. Like it's not even. Full. Oh, see, if it's you terrible. had some chops like Joe Dirt, that would be sweet. I know. It'd just I, come natural. I would rock that. You should just let your hair grow too, man. Like let's let's add some age to you, man. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like it. I, I kind of like it. I'm just a little kid at heart, man. It's just kind of who I am. All right. Well, uh, just like I said earlier, Austin's not going to be joining us. He's down with the flu. Is it the flu? I thought it was like a yeast. Kind of missing the guy. Is it a yeast infection? I thought that's what it was. He might have sand in his vagina. I don't know. It's very hard to say. Oh, uh, we love you, Austin. We miss <laughs> you, brother. <laughs> um, so try cranberry juice. That that tends to do the trick. <laughs> cranberry juice. What, what do you What do you do with the cranberry juice? Where do you rub it? On your nipples. You rub it on your nipples. Uh, well, no, you drink it, and supposedly, if you have a yeast infection, it cures that. John is uh, speaking so, from experience. So you know that'll help him with the downstairs part. <laughs> So I, I've been uh, I've been drinking a lot of uh, pomegranate juice. Have you I guys ever had that? Juice. It is, dude. That shit's so good. Like, you ever I, had whenever, it mixed with uh, cranberry juice? Whenever I get sick, like the there's uh, I don't <laughs> no, know is, I don't know who is that, that a thing? Oh, ocean spray, dude. If you get a cranberry pomegranate mixture, shit's good. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that does. Wait, you don't, are you not a fan of pomegranate juice? <laughs> 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 I, it's not my thing, man. <laughs> I was joking no, when I no. talked about cranberry juice. I, didn't know I was going to set you guys off. Right? That shit's so delicious, we all, we all man. Gotta do what we got to oh, do. A little bit of kombucha. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Um, so, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about? I don't know if you know about our draft kit. Uh, can you give us a quick plug on that? Well, one, uh, the team that you guys have put together with Eat Sleep Fantasy is unreal. 
and the the my favorite thing about it is just the people from different backgrounds and different specialties and everybody's kind of working overtime right now just putting together everything and covering bases so it doesn't matter obviously this pod we talk dynasty but we got people working redraft standard ppr and just specializing in everything so it doesn't matter what type of fantasy league you're in redraft whatever your bases are going to be covered for this and i am so excited to see the final product um really excited about this yeah it's gonna be great we're gonna have videos and all that good stuff we're trying to prep you guys up the gig gang for this shit so please stay tuned for that we will have more on that as it comes available um so i'll be honest with everyone here i am not a big dynasty guy and i am trying to get better so i am going to be listening hard to you guys this time around i love keeper leagues but dynasty is just so intense so i've been tuning in every week listening to you guys so let's see uh what goes on because i don't know anything about the tight ends going into this draft and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about this whole episode so yeah, we've covered kind of the other main position groups, and this leads us to tight ends. Um, and we're going to not only be talking about the rookie class coming in that's going to be drafted here in about two weeks, but where you should be targeting people and the top tight ends, what they're going for, just so that you can make sure that you hit every single base. Because tight end, every single league has it, and we're going to help you get the advantage in that position. That's kind of the goal okay. today. Awesome. So let's dive right into it. Steve, what are you doing over there, man? You seem pretty quiet. Yeah, I'm just hanging out, man. I mean, you guys are over there just uh, bullshitting away there. But no, <laughs> no, you know, just to even touch on uh, just to touch on this, this tight end class coming in, um, there, there's really not uh, a whole lot going on. Um, there are a few players out there, guys that are worth targeting as, as far as, uh, you know, they're, they're more on the uh, receive, heavy receiving end. Uh, with this class, so uh, nobody that you're really looking at too much uh, that that's gets involved. Uh, pretty much, that's going to be on the field the whole entire time. You know, your Jason Witten type guys, but you know, John and I will touch on more of that stuff as uh, we continue out this episode here. All right, so I'm just going to throw in the first guy that I think we should talk about, and I know that um, John's kind of excited about is Geiski. Uh, can you tell us a little about him? Yeah, so Mike Gusecki, uh out of Penn State or Geiski. I, I like Geiski. I, I think Gusecki. that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh. I, like, I just don't know any fucking names. Like, I'll I, say you could, this. You could... <laughs> um, he's an absolute freak whenever it comes to just athleticism. Um, absolutely killed the combine. Very athletic with Penn State and is a great pass catcher. The thing that I have whenever I watch his film that kind of bothers me is – his athleticism doesn't show up on film. Everybody was pretty wowed by what he did at the Combine, which was awesome. But, I mean, you're talking about a really big guy, 6'6", 250. Um, he ran a 4'5", 440, and had one of the highest vertical jumps at 250 pounds. He jumped 41 and a half inches in the vertical, just nuts. So you're, you're talking about a guy, just think Jeremy Shockey. Oh, it was my player comparison for him. I think he'll go probably in the second round of the NFL draft, uh, second to third round. But if he goes to a pass-heavy team, watch out. And if you're in a PPR, these are the guys you want to pay attention to. Um, I, I think that he has a lot to offer. What do you think, Steve? You know, he, he does have some stuff to offer. Um, I mean, he, he's a good talent. I'm not too excited about him because when it comes to the tight end position uh, in, in the NFL – you know, you got you need guys that are good blockers too, guys that are going to stay on the field. And he's really not down that road. I mean, I know you just compared him to Jeremy Shockey, but Shockey was at least uh, a decent blocker. He he was pretty aggressive in that aspect. But I mean, I'm looking at Kaseki as, as more of a more of a 
Kobe Fleener type guy. He's just tall. He's lean. You know, you just talked about his 40 time a second ago. Um, but Kaseki does have good hands. And, and to your point, if he falls to uh, a team that is a pass-heavy scheme, uh, he's a guy that could really excel there, especially in the red zone. Right. Uh, so there's like, I would say about five, six teams right now that are kind of in desperate need of tight ends. So I'm just going to throw them out. You guys tell me who you think he'll fit best with. Is that all right? Yeah, let's let's, let's play. Sure. Uh, so we got Detroit. Obviously, just trade away Ebron to, they didn't trade him away. He signed with the Colts. Uh, then we got Seattle, Houston, Miami, New England, and the Saints. Who do you think right now, like, who does he fit best with and who would you love to see him with? I would say the best spot for him to go to would be Seattle because they do not care if you can block there. They have one of the worst O-lines. They've never valued <laughs> it. True. They basically say, let people go and we'll let Russell Wilson run around and just throw it up and we'll see what happens. So I think he'd fit in. Steve, you said he's not the best blocker. So he needs to go to a team that just wants to throw the ball. And I think that's a fit there. For sure. Yeah, at least with Detroit, they do not utilize the tight end. I just do not see him going there, and I think you're exactly right nailing it. Like, he will end up in Seattle because they do not give a shit of how many times Wilson gets hit. Yeah, no, that that would be yeah. that that would have been my place for him to go. And I look at um, a place like Detroit and a place like Houston for him um, to where he could really excel for them, uh, you know, in like third and long situations or or be a part of the red zone. I mean, Detroit's offense, you know, with JBC really does uh, get the tight end position involved. And, you know, it, it, they went to him a lot in some such and uh, to Ebron a lot in some situations last year, and he just did not excel very well there. So a guy like Kaseki with the fact that he can catch the ball, you know, he, he might be a fit there, good fit there. Yeah. hundred percent agree with that. Um, I like how John put it in this, uh, on our notes, at Dallas, go dirt, and he definitely like say pronounced God dirt, I, and I would have read it completely <laughs> wrong, like I just did. <laughs> it's okay. I, at this point, brother. people awesome. know that I cannot <laughs> fucking pronounce a fucking name. I'm not. I, I was Dallas <laughs> Dallas Joe Dirt or God Dirt. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought about it. So look, yeah, I could see Joe Dirt there. Like it makes sense. Let's hear about God. Um, Dallas Go Dirt. <laughs> Goddard, Goddard, Dirt. Dirt. No, Goddard, Goddard. Yeah, Goddard's. Uh, he's he's a solid weapon. Um, he's really, really, really uh, dangerous receiving threat. Actually, um, I believe uh, as a senior, he had over uh, seventy catches, over a thousand yards. You know, he might have been like eleven or twelve hundred, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and anywhere probably from like seven to 10 touchdowns, you know, just off the top of my head, he, he's definitely a solid guy. Um, and he put up really good numbers as a junior too. I mean, he's putting up, you know, we're, we're talking like wide high, high end wide receiver two, wide receiver one numbers as a tight end in college. So he's another guy that if he comes in and fits into the right system, he could be very, very, very dangerous. He's just he's he's hell when it comes to matchups, whether it's a safety, a corner, a linebacker, it doesn't matter. So he's a guy that has a lot of talent, has a lot of upside in the NFL. Yeah, he's by far as when it comes to yeah. fantasy, he's my number one guy. Um, he is by far the best pass catcher in this draft, and it's not even close. If you watch his game tape, what South Dakota State is pretty damn hard to find. But whenever you do find it. Um, the fighting jackrabbits, <laughs> like that's their mascot, which the is jackrabbits, the actual jackrabbits. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but 21 career touchdowns. They should announce that when they call his name. I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> but great hands. He makes lots of one-handed catches, kind of like insane type body control catches. And I really do think when as soon as the um, Patriots traded Brandon Cooks and they have two picks at the end of the first round and one pick, the 49ers pick that they got for Garoppolo, like this is the perfect range and kind of the perfect fit. You asked a question earlier, like who do we want Gusecki to go to? I want Dallas Goder to go to the Patriots. Like he would – one, they've shown they can use two yeah. tight ends and if Gronk does step away – Holy freaking cow. This would be like a fantasy, just absolutely perfect. You think situation. he'll have like instant value if they do draft him? Yeah, even if Gronk stays. So that's the thing. They will put him in, and we, we've seen him use two tight ends before very, very well. And what other receivers do they have? I mean, obviously they picked up uh, Jordan Matthews. That's great, but he's on a $1 million deal. Not that big of a deal. Um, their receiving core, you got Chris Hogan. Edelman's very, very old. Like there's, there's a lot of space there for somebody like him yeah kenny Britt. don't forget about the whatever he is <laughs> i couldn't even think of something to say oh <laughs> uh, the guy could've who could have been amazing uh, yep. that's about all you can say. all right so let's do the last two tight ends pretty quickly we have hayden hurst and mark andrews so give me some information on them john so mark andrews the ou tight end um he's a tight end six five two fifty six but he's never lined up really as a blocker or a traditional tight end. He was split out over 90% of his snaps at OU, and they run like a crazy spread, like an exaggerated version of the spread. So he's going to be a guy that splits out very similar to Ebron with less athleticism, but he catches the ball better, much better receiver. He's going to kind of go in that second to third round. And like you said, there are a lot of places where he could fit in a place like Saints or Detroit. I think he would be a better fit there than Eric Ebron was. Yeah, as long as his hands stay attached to his arms, I'd, I'd be fine with that. I'm sure a lot of Lions fans here would be okay with that. Because <laughs> he is a shitty blocker. He, he definitely needs to improve on that at the NFL level. How's the O-Light in Detroit yeah. right now? Uh, yeah, you know, they're they're always the fall guy. You know, it, it really yeah. doesn't matter if they have good players or bad players, you know. If they come in healthy this year with Taylor Decker and getting TJ back and, you know, uh, I think people set the bar a little too high for Wagner last year. So if they come in healthy, uh, I think they can be pretty solid. Wiggins is kind of the thing. They need a left guard pretty, pretty bad. Kenny Wiggins was terrible. And Decker's amazing. But like you said, um, Wagner, I thought, was going to be, you know, Pro Bowl level, all pro right tackle and it just didn't yeah, work people out people set the bar high for him last year yeah all right last tight end mark andrews anything special should we just move on oh so we talked about mark andrews did we, we yeah i did I that's on me okay uh, i'm like uh, awesome. all right so look <laughs> these tight ends honestly if you're drafting in a standard i don't think any of these are worth a roster spot right now off the bat like 14 rounds 16 rounds you're not taking any of these guys so for for dynasty really like no. where are you looking at these rookie tight ends like what round should you, people even be considering these guys you know I mean I would look at <sighs> I wouldn't start taking any of these guys until you're in at least the second round and for the amount of talent that's out there especially in rookie only drafts or you know even with uh, dynasty leagues that are combining uh, your free agent pool with your tight ends. 
I mean, at the earliest, and I'm only talking about guys like um, Joe Dirt. And nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's his new name forever you know that. yeah right no but like <laughs> no but uh uh yeah joe dirt and uh you, you know even uh mark andrews um or no not mark andrews, hayden I'm hurst sorry hayden hurst yes hayden hurst there you go those are the only two guys i could see taken in the second round but after that you know, I wouldn't even be touching any of them until probably around like late third, early fourth. Yeah, in rookie drafts, that's kind of what you're looking for. If you were doing a dynasty startup, my early if Dallas okay. Godert <laughs> Goddard goes to Jodert goes to the Patriots, I you're talking I have them at pick one twenty five <laughs> in a startup. So you're talking the end of the tenth round in a twelve team league. Um he is my fifteenth overall tight end in the best case scenario. So you have to realize you have to limit your expectations with rookie tight ends because they never produce. Last year, Evan Ingram um, was just unreal, and he got really lucky. His top three wide receivers on his team all got uh, injuries for substantial lengths of time. So that helped him out a lot. O.J. Howard didn't do that great, but he had so many big touchdown plays. And we had three tight ends go in the first round last year, which is not normal. So you got to kind of back off your expectations. This tight end class is nowhere near what we saw last year. Yeah, last year was absurd. Not normal at all. I mean, traditionally, rookie tight ends don't do anything. We've had two years where we've had Evan Ingram last year, and then we had Hunter Henry the previous year. But traditionally, like, you just avoid rookie tight ends in, you know, standard altogether. So Yeah, I'm, and even with Hunter Henry, his rookie year, he was outside of the top 15 tight ends. He got a couple touchdowns, but he didn't have the production that would be a top 10 guy. So this is your deep league targets. If you can snag them in the second or third round of a rookie draft, yeah, I, I think that's going to be great. But again, these are further down the line plays. All right, so let's just jump straight into the top three tight ends, like just in the NFL, okay? And what they're worth in trades in Dynasty League. Strictly, again, this is not going to be for standard. This is only Dynasty and Keeper Leagues. The first guy, of course, is Gronk. Steve, is Gronk worth a first round draft pick in a dynasty redraft? Or not not redraft, but personally yeah. myself, uh, I would not give up a first round pick for Gronk. Um, there's a lot of a uh, lot of things in the air about him right now. Chances are he's gonna play. Um, but I'm just looking at, you know, where he's at in the league right now, the amount of injuries that he's had, you know, things of that sort. So with the talent that's coming out, uh out of this draft class and what's available, I would rather save my first round pick for one of those players to add depth. You know, you can, you can find a tight, it's hard to find a Gronk, but you know, there are several other positions to fill on your team uh, that can make up those points that Gronk will provide. So hold on. You have the one twelve pick in a rookie draft. You just won a championship because you're Steve and you're amazing. You do, you do great in all your leagues. That's cool. And there's a crappy team that has Gronk and is scared and they need to rebuild. You would not offer the last pick in a rookie draft, the number 12 overall pick, for Gronk to add to your championship roster. You still say no? Yeah, I already won. What do I need him for? <laughs> <laughs> Hubris, oh, I love it. <laughs> right? <laughs> what about you, John? Hell yeah. I'm, I'm making that trade. Um, who are you getting at the really? 112 right now? You're You're talking about... Um, you know, somebody that's going to be a guess at running back or a guess at receiver. 
man, you make that trade. I think that he will play for at least one more year if Belichick will get out of his way and quit being like Steve with so much pride. <laughs> I um, smile at least, damn it. You uh, know. The NFL needs Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all both win, I guess. I, w- I would say I would trade probably the one. I would go as high as 109 for Gronk just because he is so special whenever he is on the field. And again, I think it's even more so this year because they just traded away Cooks. The talent is devoid on that offense outside of Tom Brady. Yeah. And their offensive line's even worse. Uh, they lost Nate Soldier, their left tackle. I think Gronk right now would have his highest role of involvement in that offense passing. Uh, man, I would I would go all the way up to the 109, maybe even 108 in a rookie pick for Gronk. All right, so I'm going to go back to Steve on this one. All right, Steve, you're tight end right now, and you're – you got the second place because you didn't have a good tight end. Your tight end is Julius <laughs> Thomas. Okay, you want okay, you want Gronk. Okay, you need to make this trade. What do you offer for Gronk? What what will what do you need to do to get Gronk? What are you willing to give up for Gronk to fix that team? Well, you know it it, it depends on what tight end I have at that point in time. Okay, but it, it, you have Julius it, Thomas. Okay, Julius you, Thomas, you, and, you and I Gronk. want Gronk. Well, if I, I really ugh. want Gronk and I have Julius Thomas, then I would have to give up a first round pick to do so. You know, somebody would probably want a first and second on top of that, but and you'd go as high as one oh nine or even higher. I'd than that. go higher than that I would go anywhere from one ten to one twelve. And what if you own Gronk and you want to get rid of him? Like, what what tight end are you willing to take? Like, are we taking Brait? Are we thinking like Brait in a first? Are we thinking Ooh. like what what are we thinking here, Steve? I would look for somebody like probably like Hunter Henry or Evan Ingram with a first round pick. I mean, I'm. Wow, you're greedy. Jesus Christ. I'm not going to give. Dude, I'm not going to give. There ain't no way somebody's going to give that up, though. I would. uh, In a dynasty league, I would even consider, like, you would be amazed. You would be amazed what people will give away. (laughs) So, as of right now, the ADP for both these guys, Evan Ingram is going 39th, and Rob Gronk is going 38th. So, they're going about the same spot um, in ADP leagues. So I, I it's it's close. It's close. I would one hundred percent take Evan Ingram in a dynasty league. Yeah, for sure. Close. One for one for me. Okay. Uh let's move on to the second best, or uh, I don't know, he is second best, but Kelsey, I think he's better than Gronk at this point. It's up for grabs. Um I agree. So uh Kelsey, what are we talking about, Kelsey? Why are we bringing up Kelsey? I totally lost flow here. I'm gonna say to him. <laughs> oh, you're great. I, I love the lost flow. The more of that, the better. So I'll say this: J- uh, Travis Kelsey is my number one tight end in dynasty ranks, and it's not close. He is 28 years old. Um, in startup drafts, he's he's going at the very end of the second round or first, uh, kind of early picks in the third round. Man, I would pay out the wazoo for this guy. I absolutely love what they're doing in Kansas City. And it seems like they run their entire offense through the tight end position. Sometimes they forget to run the ball and it costs them a playoff win. Way to go, Andy Reid. But they never forget to give the ball to Kelsey. And so. Okay, but I, the offense, I'm going to cut you off. You really think that Kelsey's going to be in for a down year? I don't know if we can rank him number one this year. He has Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill. Like they are making moves to change that offense. They have a completely different quarterback going over there. But those are guys. Those are guys that take the top off the defense. And I'm I'm gonna go with John on the fact that they run that through him because the Andy Reid utilizes the running back in the tight end position for the short yardage in the middle of the field, all that stuff, right? You know, you have Chris Conley who's going to be coming back this year too who until he got hurt had a lot of good things going on for him. So Travis Kelsey is definitely the focal point of that offense. And I would right. too, I would also 
uh, pay for him. I agree. He is, you know, top five. I just don't think he is going to have the same season he had last season, especially with everyone over there. I would, I, Kelsey's not going to be ranked number one among tight ends for me this season, just based off. Who would you take over him? Who? So, like, if you don't want, I, I think Zach Ertz, yep. you could put in that conversation. Yep, absolutely. You put him over. And I, I think Gronk right now as well. Like, I mean, there aren't a lot of. I mean, yes, there's good weapons over there, but Gronk is the best weapon they have after getting rid of Cooks. He is going to be the focal point of that offense. No, I got you. I got you. I, I love Kelsey. I just think I, I'm not the biggest believer in what Mahomes brings to the table and the outlet through that entire offense. You got two burners on the outside and Watkins and Tyreek Hill, so the safeties are going to be pushed back. The middle of that field is going to be open. I, I could just see... Um, I could see him having pretty close to an, another 80 to 90 catch season. And man, I don't know. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I think he's I, I would go as high as the 105 in a rookie draft for Kelsey. I, I would pay I would pay for it. And I don't even like paying for tight ends. That's that's steep. I, I think it's there. There's an eBay I be, here, I John, bet you and do. I'm feeling it. I bet you do. You love <laughs> tight ends, John. <laughs> I, I'm not a tight end guy. Yeah, All right. I played tight end in high school. I, I don't, I'm still not liking it. You do. I bet you do, you baby face, John. all right uh steve so let's say you own kelsey let's just talk about a couple of trades you wrote down would you accept something like jay ajayi and hunter henry for someone like kelsey right now um if philadelphia doesn't add any more running backs other than Corey clement and jay ajayi i would entertain a trade offer like that with hunter henry hunter henry and ajayi if a guy has value there, and because he's a, he's a volume guy, he really is. Um, so if he's going to get that volume and he he's going to be able to produce with him, and then Hunter Henry, another year with Philip Rivers, I, I like the upside that he has. So that that's that's definitely an offer I would entertain. Okay, what about you, John? I'm going to offer you a different trade. Let's do uh, Devontae Parker and Hunter Henry. No, I'm keeping Kelsey. One, I think Devontae Parker's trash. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with him. I do like Hunter Henry. I, I will say that, but I, I don't think it's worth it there. I would stay with Kelsey the sure bet because when am I going to play Devontae Parker flex play at best? I'm going to say no. I like the Ajayi much better. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'll, let me throw a note about you. Evan Ingram and Fuller. I, I, I kind of like that trade. I think that's. I think I'd do it personally. Ooh. So here's the deal. So Fuller and Evan Ingram, two very young players. Um, If I am rebuilding, I want the Evan Ingram side. If I am a title contender, I think fantasy output this year, I'd take Kelsey. It's the more sure bet. But if I'm rebuilding and I, my team sucks and I just have Kelsey. Yeah. Make that trade, make that trade. I think the biggest thing that helps that offer out with Fuller is Deshaun Watson. If you don't have Deshaun Watson, Fuller doesn't have that value in my opinion. All right, so I'm going to move into my favorite tight end in the NFL, and we are going to talk about Zach Ertz. John or Steve, would you accept Kenyon Drake uh, and Hunter Henry for Zach Ertz? I would do that trade. I would would take Drake and Henry. Oh, God, yes. I, I, I think that is just a, man, two young guys, Drake's 24, you look at what he did last year. I hate Miami. I hate their coaching staff. Hate their front office. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come back. You dislike it. Hate, hate, hate. No, it's hate, man. <laughs> Adam Gase is not a good coach when he doesn't have Peyton Manning. He's the Julius Thomas <laughs> of coaches when it comes to their contract. He owes everything to Peyton Manning. 
I'm just gonna be honest. Well, Jesus. you know, and I mean, hey, man, he has Ryan Tannehill back there right, with what's left of his knees. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill you know? is Sam Bradford 2.0. <laughs> so you, you take that, for guys. What you want. Guys, are you guys hating on my boys? <laughs> Take that. Hey, you have Frank Gore. You have the greatest like player in the NFL right now. So yeah. I love you guys for that. Yeah, good for I'm glad we have Frank Gore. Just gonna <laughs> You know what? I hate the Dolphins too. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> I I just agreed that I would take Kenyon Drake. I am accepting a dolphin onto my fake fantasy roster, and you're still upset about it. I don't understand. Whatever. I like Ertz, and I want to make an e bet with John. Ertz outscores Kelsey in a half point PPR league cuss words cuss words mm, eat. all right yeah hell yeah mm. man let's do this I don't know what we're betting um okay it's an eat bet uh we'll let Steve decide what we eat let's do uh, it since man. he's on the podcast I'm with down us. dude and uh so total points half point is oh, up half to point PPR Steve. right half point PPR and it gets voided if any of them get injured in the preseason obviously but if season starts we'll go from there okay done let's done just, awesome you want some of that, Steve? Want some of this uh, EPET action? Ah, uh, so you're taking Ertz. He's hesitating. Kelsey. He's scared. And this is you could take somebody else too. You can you could put it against Gronk. I take Gronk. No, because in Ooh. this, especially if it's if it's half point PPR, those are the only two guys I'm even looking at right now. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz hasn't played a full Damn, season in four years. Tough. Just say but but but. There are more receiving options in Philly, so I'm going to roll with Kelsey on that one. <laughs> Come to the dark side. All right, so we're having two <laughs> e-bets right now. We have, I have Ertz against both of you guys for Kelsey. Jesus. Right on. Uh, this is going to be – I can't wait to see this. <laughs> all right. Let's just let's just move on and wrap up this tight end episode that was – I was all over the place and I – all right, so this guy, Jake Butt, I'm all about his fucking name. Um, tell me about him, John. I know he got injured last season before he even got it. Yeah, so he play. was the tight end before Gusecki in Penn State, and he was awesome, and he blew his ACL out in the Orange Bowl. Um, but Denver still picked him up in the third round, and he's kind of your multi – he's the definition of a kind of multi-tight end. Blocks extremely well, very athletic, can catch uh, routes very, very well. He's – very similar to like a Jason Witten mindset. So think about he's not Jason Witten. So whenever I use these player comparisons, just put that idea in your head of what they're capable of. Not that they will it's be beautiful. that caliber of player. And they have no other tight ends. So he's yeah. going to be getting a lot of playing time. Yeah. Case Keenum did uh, feed Kyle Rudolph the, the ball a little bit. So, And it's a new offense for him. So he's going to be relying on his tight ends over there. So I like that. Uh, what where is he? Get, what do you think you're going to draft him? Where's he going to be ranked? Like top twenty for you, or what? Are you going to go bold for tight that? ends? Yeah. Um, he's kind. The the one thing that I like about Jake Butt is his ceiling is unknown. Right now, right. I'm thinking I have him right at eighteen, tight end number eighteen, because um, guys that you're looking around that area, you're talking Adam Shaheen, Jonu Smith, Gerald Everett, things like that. So he has a much higher ceiling because we haven't seen it yet. But with a higher ceiling, you also got a lower floor. So he's he's a guy I'd love to take a chance on because I'm not going to draft a tight end early. And I'm going to grab two guys that are just kind of flyers. And if they don't pan out week one or two, I'm just dropping them. So he's a guy I would love to take a risk on. So I have him right at kind of that 16, 17 range. Yeah, I, I, I really like what he has to offer. And he's definitely a guy that 
Um, you know, I, I would say even if you're in an existing dynasty league, uh, he's, he could potentially still be out there. And that's a guy that a lot of people probably aren't even going to think about that. You're sitting there in later rounds, definitely take a flyer on this guy because he really could be, he really could be something special there in Denver. So this Jake Buck guy, all right, look, he's pretty much going into his rookie season. Um, is he going to be ranked for you guys higher than the other rookies we talked about earlier? I mean, we, they're, they're all pretty much unknowns. They have pretty high ceilings. Is Jake but the top of the class between the all? all I'm not gonna put him over. I'm not gonna put him over Hurst or Joe Dirt. Right. Um, but uh, he he's. I'm gonna have him ranked higher than most of those other guys that we talked about. Yeah, it, well said. The, the one thing I can say for Jake Butt is he is in a safe situation for tight end. He's going to get a lot of play time there and a lot of opportunity. So that's wonderful. Um, but uh, I, I'm putting Goddard and Hurst ahead of him. So he would be kind of the third of that five that we've talked about. He'd be right in the middle of that. Okay, cool. Uh, next guy we're talking about is Ricky Seals. He came on pretty late last season into the playoffs. Then he kind of trailed off. Um, where do you guys see him going in the draft this year? Let's talk about, you know, Dynasty mostly. Steve? Uh, I see I see RSJ uh, potentially being in the top 20. I mean, he, he did come on late. Uh, and he did lay down some duds at, at the end of the year last year. But, you know, there's just been no consistent quarterback play there. And, you know, Carson Palmer is gone now. I mean, he's the only consistency they've had pretty much since Kurt Warner, right? So he's not there. We all know Bradford's there. God only knows what's going to happen, how long those knees are going to last if he even <laughs> makes it through camp. He doesn't so, have any knees, man. They're, they're <laughs> right, exactly. They're just, and there's just nothing there, right? So, you know, and, and it all depends because, I mean, they could be looking at a quarterback to take in this draft too, but I, I like the upside yeah. uh, with him. He, he's I, – I don't think he's really the strongest uh, run-blocking tight end, but he provides a lot of value in the receiving game. And if they can get some consistency uh, back under center with uh, David Johnson there in the backfield, I, I mean, RSJ could really could, could really be somebody that uh, could bring some value to your team. Yeah, he's, he's a perfect kind of DFS guy because he's just a big play waiting to happen. He averaged over 20 yards a catch last year, which is like yeah. Will Fuller numbers. Like <laughs> you're talking a deep home run threat. You got a new head coach there. Uh, who knows that he's, it's, it's just a huge, nobody knows with this guy, but the, the talent is there and their wide receiving options are terrible in Arizona. Yeah, so he's exactly. got to be on the field at some point. He was undrafted last year, wasn't he? Uh, that sounds I correct. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's kind of, uh, I would personally, I think I'm going to have him ranked and I know this is going to be a little bold, but I think I'm having ranked my top 15 just because they do not, like you said, they have Larry Fitzgerald. Let John Brown go. Like they have nothing else except David Johnson. Like they're going to need someone to catch the ball. He, but they know he can catch. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to be a little bolder than you guys and put him in my top 15 because they really don't have jack shit, man. Ooh, I love it. He's one of the guys that I love. I always get players like this because it's like, hey, we'll see what happens with the new coaching staff. He's very athletic. It could be a huge home run. And if week one or week two he only gets one or two targets, up, dump him. Move on to somebody else. All right, next guy up is ASJ Austin Safrain Jenkins. He has signed with the Jags, who needed a tight end. Does his value go up? Because last year, I feel like his value was going up as the season went on, and then he kind of just trailed off. Like, where? What are we? What are we gonna do with him with the Jags? He was averaging almost a touchdown a game 
for a while there with the Jets. I mean, it was unreal what he could do. And we do know that Blake Bortles likes to throw it to the tight end. Uh, look at what Mercedes Lewis did last year at a three-touchdown game when they were in London. And so it's going to be there. But the problem is this. It's probably the worst passing offense in the entire NFL. And it, that's not a <laughs> knock on anybody else. It's just by design. Uh, Tom Coughlin last year when they asked him, how many passes do you want Blake Bortles to throw a game? He said, ideally, zero. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want right. to throw the ball. Um, and so in the red zone, he's not going to be a PPR guy. So if you're in a standard league, man, ASJ is, oh my God, jump on him because he's the type of the guy that's going to have two catches for 11 yards and a touchdown. I, I think that's his role. Yeah. See, I, I want to get excited about ASJ there and I, and I want to see his value up, but I, it, it's so hard to tell. I don't know. I mean, what, what I like about him is he, he was a guy that had a lot of hype about him coming out. Um, coming into the NFL and he just didn't have his head on straight and, you know, got into a lot of shit down there in Tampa Bay. And, you know, he kind of got himself together and, and, you know, he, he did play well in New York last year and, and, you know, moving on to Jacksonville with everything that they did. And, you know, they re-signed Marquise Lee. They, they brought in Moncrief, who's a, who's a question mark and they're bringing in ASJ who could be something there. And that team is just simply built to run and play defense. So, you know, the only value that I could even see to touch on your point, John, is in standard leagues because he's going to, when they're 20 yards and in, it's going to be, um, it's going to come down to Fournette. It's going to come down to ASJ and then probably jump balls to Moncrief or Lee. Yeah. I agree yeah. with you guys. I think he's a uh, lateral move from Mercedes Lewis with a little bit more uh, red zone ability and Mercedes Lewis was. Yeah. So just a little bit of upside. Yeah, slightly. Uh, uh, but the next guy has so much upside, Jimmy Graham. With the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Bye-bye, Jory Nelson. Um, <laughs> poor kid. Uh, so what are we doing with Jimmy Graham? Is he still top four material, or what are we? I, I, I'm looking at Jimmy Graham. Uh, if, if, he, if he and Aaron Rodgers play 16 games together, uh, Jimmy Graham could be a top five, in, in my opinion. Because, I mean, you're losing Jordy Nelson, right? You have Devontae Adams there. Uh, it's hard to say what you're going to get out of Randall Cobb. So, and it's very obvious that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have built a very good chemistry. Um, but you look at Jimmy Graham and what he brings to that team, if they want to try to run the ball, he's going to be on the field because he is a good blocker and he's a good receiving guy. You can split him out. You can get him out on the outside. You can have him over the middle, wherever you need him. And he's an excellent, excellent red zone guy. And he's a guy that, you know, the, the classic Rodgers to Jordy Nelson back shoulder throws, you can do that and jump balls with Jimmy Graham all day long. I'm going to disagree with you here, man. I, I think we're about to have a Jimmy Graham fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say this. Man, when was the last tight end that was fantasy relevant for the Green Bay Packers? Richard Rodgers, week 12. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One week. I think you got to go back to Jermichael Finley. I mean, we're talking seven years ago, and they keep bringing in all these different hyper-athletic tight ends that were successful other places, and they thought they could replicate that success, and it just never worked. Uh, Martellus Bennett, Jared Cook, it, it doesn't matter. It just never really worked. And I understand Jimmy Graham is much more, uh, he has a he's more athletic than those guys, but he's 31. Um, I think he's going to be solid. I think he's going to be a fine uh, top 12 tight end. But I am selling this guy. He's 31 years old. Um, 
he might have a good season. Obviously, he could finish in the top five, but what's going to happen two years from now? You think he's going to be 33 years old playing with the Packers? I don't think so. So as soon as this trade happened, I had no Jimmy Graham shares in my dynasty leagues. But if I did, man, I would I buy low, sell high. I believe in that. And everybody got excited, and I would totally unload this guy for an early second-round rookie pick. I, I, would, I would do that in a second. Uh, so I'm getting the feeling from the Green Bay Packers that they are going to kind of morph their offense a little more go to run heavy kind of preserve the rogers over there and i think jimmy graham will be involved and like the same arg- argument we have with ricky seals he's going to be a red zone target i believe jimmy graham is going to catch 12 touchdowns for 400 yards like he's not going to spread the field for them but i do think he's going to have value just in touchdowns and yeah, yeah. I, I think he's going to put up points in that respect and you know what you were just talking about morphing their offense i don't know how much they're going to morph it uh, but but they they spent a lot of draft picks on running backs and guys that actually produced last year, right? So they ha- they have they have what? Well, between uh, Williams, Jones, if Jones can stay out of trouble, uh, if they decide to stick with Montgomery back there, and I mean they have three guys that bring all kinds of different uh, values to the backfield, right? And then uh, Graham and Adams. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is going to throw over thirty touchdowns a season. Who's he going to exactly. throw him to? I mean, I just don't know. Like, this is my thing. It's like, I don't think they're going to try and do that anymore. Like, it's better for Rodgers to stay healthy an entire season. And how do you do that is to get the ball in the running back's hands. You know, like, they're going to – there's going to be a lot more play action this season. And they got two super young running backs that are – nobody knows who's going to win that backfield out of Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. But whoever does, yeah, holy cow. <laughs> holy it's cow. It's interesting to watch. Um, so, Trey Burton moved on to the Bears – I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say the first thing. I think there's too much hype behind him. That's all I'm gonna say about it. Way too yeah? much. But you guys go ahead. Okay, let's keep tight end fighting. I like this. <laughs> uh, I love Trey Burton, man. I love this kid. One, he's super young. Um, he's being paired up with a new head coach, offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, who was a Philly guy. Then he went on with Andy Reid to the Chiefs, and so we've seen him use these tight ends. He's going to be playing that Kelsey role. And they already have an athletic tight end in Chicago and Adam Shaheen. And they went and paid top dollar for Trey Burton. And they're running the exact same offense. And Trubisky is terrible. Like, I think this is perfect. He's not going to be able to throw the deep ball very well. He's never been able to do that. But he does read defenses fairly well. And I think, man, I could see Trey Burton coming out and having 70-plus catches. I don't think they're going to get in the end zone very much. But, man, I'll, I'll say this. I would trade Jimmy Graham straight up in a dynasty league for Trey Burton. Oh my god, I can't wait to have you in a league with me, John. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, it's happening for well it's longevity happening. in a dynasty league. I would I would pull the trigger on that as well. But with Trey Burton, I I like him too. I, I he he does he does it all. He he really does. But you know, Trubisky's really going to hurt him. I think for a year or two. Um, I I don't know if he's going to get around seventy catches this year. You know, I we still don't know what's going on with Jordan Howard. It's obvious Tariq Cohen's going to stay there, but they're going to keep that offense as short as possible, I think, for him. You know, they might try and air it out a little bit with Allen Robinson, and I think a lot of the targets are going to go to Allen Robinson um, and whatever running backs are coming out of the backfield. But Burton, I mean, I, they, they should. Yeah, you're right. If that's what they that's should. That's what they, yeah, right. And Burton, I could see him getting around maybe like, you know, just north of 50 catches this year. You know, probably be anywhere between, 
you know, six to 800 yards, you know, who knows how many touchdowns he's going to get because uh, Trubisky, he's just, I'm still not sold on him. I think he did some good things last year, but I'm not sold on him. And I think he's the one that could hurt the value for Burton. So where are you guys having a rank? Because it sounds like John has him in his top three tight ends and you got more in like <laughs> top 12. So <laughs> so where are we at with this? <laughs> I mean, I would put I would put Burton probably, um, yeah, I'd say I'd put him in the 10 to 12 area. Yeah. John? I have him at eight. I have Trey Burton at eight, and I have a I have Jimmy Graham at ten. So they're they're pretty close guys as far as my dynasty ranks go. Um, and a lot of it just has to do with I believe in the offense. Uh, not necessarily I don't believe in their offense. I believe in their offense providing opportunities for the tight end position. Um, and so I right. think that he's going to have the volume there, which I like. And again, he's five years younger than Jimmy Graham, so that's going to break any kind of close tiebreaker I have in dynasty. Right. Okay. All right. The last guy we're going to talk about, I think you guys both hate him. And uh, it's Ebron. So he's with the Colts now. Uh, Steve, tell me how much you hate him. <laughs> I, I hate him. I'm glad he's gone. The unfortunate thing about Detroit fans here, and I'll still be forced to listen to anything that has to do with him because, you know, we just hold on to everything up here. But I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad to see him go. Um, I don't think any quarterback can help him. Um, he's he's a head case. He has bad hands. Um, he, he's not a good blocker at all. He can really only play uh, a receiving role. Um, so I, I think even going to the Colts, if Andrew Luck steps on the field, which I really hope he does, but, I mean, he could play with Tom Brady or Peyton Manning in their primes and Nobody's going to help Eric Ebron. You can't drop third down passes. Nope. And that's kind of his thing. And red zone passes. Um, oh, my <laughs> gosh. It, my favorite thing is they would split him out and kind of they, they used him correctly. That's the thing. Uh, Detroit used him perfectly. Yep. And they would split him out and get him in single coverage with a safety or a nickel. And it just didn't work out. And he'd run a perfect slant route and just right in the hand, Stafford. It didn't matter. It just didn't matter. It's, you can't throw it to stone hands, and that's just who this kid is. That was a great. That was a great movie. Jesus necessary guys. roughness, that's stone awful. hands. That was so good. <laughs> Replacement Shane Falco, right? Yeah, heck yeah, so great. Um, so I'm gonna go and ask the question: Ebron or Jack Doyle? I think we kind of agree it's gonna be Jack yes. Doyle, right? Jack Doyle, Jack Doyle. I got him as my number twelve tight end, so very bottom end of kind of top tier tight ends, uh, just because he's so consistent and. I mean, they signed him to an extension because they love him. And if Andrew Luck is playing, who knows? Uh, it's just that's a big if. Yeah, Doyle was my sleeper last year, too. He's a guy I took in, like, way late rounds because I was hoping Andrew Luck was going to be back and I was going to get a really good year out of him. And, and I'll say this. Is there anybody else more appropriately named than Jack Doyle? Like, <laughs> oh, Doyle rules, I'm just man. saying, man. Like, Jack Doyle. Like, just... He's just Jack Doyle. Like it's a boring name, but a consistent <laughs> good name. Like he's it's just, just who he Jack is. Doyle. Yeah, <laughs> the most mediocre guy in the NFL is Jack Doyle. And I'll say this: I kind of consider myself the Jack Doyle of this podcast. So, like, take I, that I can for see that. Yeah, the ba- I love the baby face. You and Jack Doyle are probably Jack Doyle. Really like had, I don't know. Jack Doyle has more facial hair. Oh, does he? All right, that's not yeah. a fair competition. Um. <laughs> So I just want to announce one little thing. You guys can become $5 members for our Facebook group. Uh, and if you join that group, it's a private group. So you'll have access to me, John, 
Steve and the entire cast, Dale and Brito. And we'll be chatting the entire um, preseason leading up to the draft about players and getting ready for the season. So it's only $5 to join. Email us, go to our website, and go and sign up, and we'll put you on our private group. Um, does that cover everything, guys? Did I, did I do a good job of my first hosting? Uh, yeah, man, I think we'll, we'll be allowed to have you back. Uh, okay. I'll have to check my schedule, but uh, yeah, pretty good. Okay. We're 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 gonna we're gonna have to talk it over, you know, in in one of the one of the thousand chats that we all have. I'll say this: you, know, you did better than the Miami Dolphins coaching staff. Oh, oh wow! Like the Philbin or like the Adam Gase? Are we going a little a little farther back? Like oh, you're no you, Shula, you my far surpassed Philbin. Okay. <laughs> Just you did better than the Saban days. Yes. You know, oh my God! Yes. Thanks, guys. At least I'll take the Adam Gase. Uh, you know, there's room for improvement. Okay. Just keep thinking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all for Eatsley Fantasy. Goodbye, everyone. Fantasy. Eatsley Fantasy. It's on the fantasy. Ball action that you need.